I'm going to be on the floor today. I want to say Happy New Year to everybody. How many had a great New Year? Fantastic New Year. How many are ready to take a more, some more time off? How many are ready for the kids to go back? Don't you love your children? Don't you want to homeschool? Don't you want to homeschool? Anyway, you want to know who I am? I'm Pastor Rich Brown from Grace Point Church, lead pastor here. And I want to welcome you to 2016. I am so excited about 2016. How many says 2015 could not end quick enough? Amen. And when you get to 2016, you'll say the same thing. Because you said that about 14, didn't you? And 15 became one of those things. But really, what we're going to do today, we're going to um, do a kickoff message. And then we'll start a message series back in, in, Jan- in January 17th, a four-week series. I'm going to tell you about that at the end. But today, what I want to do is really capture where we all are. I believe it's a new year. How many start the resolution list? What I'm going to do? The what? You know, I'm going to lose weight. I'm not going to watch TV so much. I'm going to stay off social media. No one said that, huh? Okay, y'all all need deliverance. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the what, the what, the what, the what. How many still have a list from last year that you just did not complete? How about the one from 2014? Did you carry it over? No one's saying anything. How many accomplished one thing in 2015? One person. Oh, yeah, okay. And they're all, they're all ministers who raise their hand. <laughs> so I guess we're all just, no, really. But I'm going to talk about the why we do something. Sometime before you have to do what, you got to know why you're doing it. You know, I looked up um, ABC poll. They polled 5,000 people about their resolution, resolutions, New Year's resolutions for 2016. They said this. Number five was, I'm going to save more and spend less. How many had that on your list in 14 and 15? How many, did it work? No, right? Okay. How about this one? Number four, number four, spend more time with family. How many got that accomplished? No one's raising their hands. We need another sermon series. (laughs) Number three, this is a big one because you know you can go to the gym right now for $10 this whole month, and it's $10 for the next three months if you show up. Lose weight. One person raised their hand. This is another one that us men all suffer through. I'll continue to suffer through it anyway. I don't care. Live a healthy lifestyle. You're lying. (laughs) I know what you ate last night. (laughs) Number one says enjoy life to the fullest. Enjoy life to the fullest. And they said this. She said the best way to keep our resolutions is to make them public. Put them on Facebook. Tell other people to keep us accountable. This is what the world says about keeping resolutions. But the number one thing is live life to the fullest. And what I want to take you back to the why, it's impossible to live life to the fullest for us. Because we put together such a small package. And we're created to live life for other people. You ever notice whenever there's a tragedy, how much the human spirit steps up and the first responders and everyone just steps out and they share. I love my neighborhood. We don't look at each other all year. We wave as we cut our grass. But the minute a storm comes through and knocks over our fence and and the trampolines are flying everywhere, guess what happens? We come out and help each other. And then we make all these 
New promises. We got to do this more often. And then we lie. We don't do it. And to the next storm. Because we do a lot of what's, but we don't understand the why. Questions I ask, I should ask more often, but usually in the new year, I ask this often to make sure I stay on track. And I knew you probably asked this question too. Why am I here? How about this? Why am I doing this? Why? Why am I coming to church? Why do I sing songs? Why do I participate in service? Why? And I want to unpack the why. So hopefully, at the end of this series, the end of this sermon today, you'll be able to understand your what. Because it's kind of hard to do a lot of what if you know the why. Because when you get frustrated with the what, always if you come to me for counseling, I'll say, why are you doing it? Yeah, I don't even know why I'm doing it. Well, that's why you're frustrated, because you don't know why you're doing it. William Barclay, great William Barclay, had a great quote. He says this. There are two great days in a person's life. The day we were born and the day we discover why. The day we were born and the day we discover why. When I was born again with Jesus, after, after um, 29 or 30 years, I finally discovered why I was born. Because I tried to do a lot of what to discover the why, and I didn't do well with that. I want to take you to a scripture that we read a lot. It's called the Great Commission, the Great Commandment. And we read over it, but sometimes we kind of miss it. And this is what Jesus was trying to tell the disciples, why you exist, why I spent three years with you, pouring into you, even though you didn't get it. This is why I'm going to die he says, this is for all mankind and those who come after me, those who call Jesus Lord. This is your why, and you can build your what's off the why. And we read it all the time. Thank you. It's mine. <laughs> I love when the kids are here. I'm going to use you all for example. I'm going to have Elder Terry jump over you, okay? Anyway, let's go to Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 37, verse 39. And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great, everyone say great. And first, everyone say first. Commandment. And here's the second, is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love the neighbor as yourself. I always say love God and love people. I always look at the scripture. When I read this, this is pretty hard to do in today's society. How many agree? This is not easy to do. And as he said, this is why I've come on earth for three years, these years, spent time with you. This is the why that will drive your what? As believers, this is our why that will drive everything we're going to do the rest of of our lives. But when I always read this, I kind of read over it in this kind of Western style about, oh, love, that's great. But I didn't look at the word love like I should have. The word love there means agapo. It means to love, which is a verb, 
But it really, we're preferring to live and learn how to love through Christ himself. This love is a supernatural love. It's impossible to do it on the natural. It's impossible to do the what. I'm going to hang out with you without the why. Because when times get tough, it's got to be a supernatural element to tell me I do not hit you. Let's be real. It's a supernatural love for humanity, for God, and for humanity. Embrace, we want to embrace all that God has for us, which drives that. It's amazing. And it says this, we choose his choices. Who does God love? That's an open-ended question. Answer it. Thank you, son. He raised his hand like he's in class. (laughs) Everyone else turned away from me. Everybody. So as God's child, who am I supposed to love? Well, y'all need to have some faith. You got to dare to believe you can love everybody. You mean, you mean the refugees? You mean my Hispanic brothers? Yeah, I heard that. Hey, yeah, they're like, yeah, I need some love because us African Americans and the Hispanics don't have a great relationship right now. You mean those who are dealing with same sex marriage? Those who are gay? Didn't Jesus die for them too? Supernatural. Because naturally, leave me alone. I like my space. When I get tired and you get peopled out, how many get peopled out? Wow, a lot of y'all raise your hands. All right, okay. (laughs) I don't feel so bad. Because we have to obey, and it says this word of God made me obey God through the power of God. His power. And this is what it says here. The love is such a verb, we actively do what the Lord prefers. Love. Not religion. Not theology. Systematic, reformed, biblical, History, history, all those things. If our, history, if our theology does not lead us to love, it's a bad theology. Doctrine is great, but if you don't love, throw it out. It's a love that's really something else. And, but it's the greatest thing is we're empowered by God himself to accomplish that. He gives us his power, and he gives us direction, which is the why we're here. Now, this one is for me because I've been here long enough in Abilene, Texas. I've been here 19 years, coming up on 20 years now, as long as I've been in any town. And I think a few months ago, I just walked, you know, I went and drove around Abilene. And I drove by our old house by the, by the, uh, by the zoo, and I, was, and I got out the car and I'm walking around I'm like, because I had some, I had, ooh, 2015, my gosh, crazy. But it was, it was good for me. And I had this moment, God, why am I even, what, what am I doing? And why do I keep on doing it? 
What's the use? I'm tired. You know, I'm old enough. <laughs> Here it is. I'm old enough. I already retired once. I can be in Bermuda on the beach every single day living off the retirement. God, what about that vacation you promised me? Yeah, that was in glory, not now. Anyway. <laughs> and I had a moment. And he took me back. So 1992. When I gave my life really to Jesus. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to serve him. I knew something came over me supernaturally. I knew something that I changed from the inside. I changed from being selfish and I wanted to help everybody. I didn't know what I was doing. I just helped everybody. We gave stuff away. We just did it. Till someone gave me and explained to me what we were doing. And I was naive. And I wanted to stay that way. Because I thought everybody wanted to be that way. But then we had to grow up. And I told the staff this the other day, we started playing church. And the church became the organization versus the organism. And I got caught up in doing church, not being the church. Even when we, when we slammed the church, people slamming themselves. Because it's really, if you look it up in the Greek, ecclesia means assembly of people. If you're part of the assembly of people, say the church is, is sorry. Well, you just point yourself too, because if you're part of Christ, you're sorry too. Get caught up in the what? And I figure if I keep doing more, it, it will make me feel better. Not the why. I think that when they play that in football, every year I had a coach that said, you know, guess, let's, let's go back to normal, guys. This is a football. Rich, this is love, man. Not doctrine. Not theology. Not systems. You know, you have a system to, to do everything. System to get you in the life group. A system to make sure you regroup together. A system to get you baptized. A system to system. And I read all that stuff. And I got to read that. And you try to implement the systems, the what's and the what's. And you do it artificially without the why's. You ever live your life? I keep, if I do this, it will happen. If I do that, and it doesn't work. And God taught me back to the why. And I believe he wants to take the church of Jesus Christ back to the why. The gospel is exploding all over the place in, in, America, in the world. Muslims are coming to Jesus in a high rate. Do you know why? One word, guess what it is? Love. You know why? Because no one, no one can love like a Christian. You know why? Because there's a supernatural love that God puts in us that we pour out. Amen. Not the rules, the love, which drives everything we're doing. If you love you do, especially when you're married. You know, when you first get married, how great it is the honeymoon. Can't wait to see you. You know, 10 years later, I don't even want to see you. <laughs> Me and his lady, 28 years. Love her more than I did when I met her. Let's go. Why? Because you got to keep the why in your marriage. You got to keep the why. I'm here as a parent. For my children. The why? Because I love them. Why? Because God loves me. So when we do, when we're at, the why. It's hard to keep the why when you keep getting bombarded with the what. 
And serving God becomes stale if you forget the why. If you get hurt in church or you get hurt with doctrine, you get hurt with theology, you forget the why. And you forgot these people are people. And they're going to make mistakes. But Jesus never made what? Mistake. So you got to keep the why. Because I can imagine hanging out with those 12 guys. Oh, my gosh. The word love also means this, to give someone what they need, to help them discover Christ and carry out his will. Here's my, that's why. To give what they, what does the world need today? Remember that song, what the world needs now is love, sweet, right? That was built on a Christian doctrine, believe it or not. The world needs Jesus. How are they going to get it? Raise your hand. Here's your what? Which makes it exciting because it has nothing to do with my strength and my power. Thank God of that. It has nothing to do with my short. In fact, he uses my shortcomings to get me in great places. Remember Moses, the stutterer? How did you? And everyone he picked, were they perfect? No. He had his son, the thunder one, to blow everyone up. Remember now? Let's kill them all. Jesus thought, you know, sit down. Sit down. You haven't got it yet. It's been with you three years. You still haven't got it. You want to kill people. Don't you have the power to do that? Now, how many have? Now, I won't talk about that. Man, talk about this. The reason why I said it's, it's hard. During your walk with Christ, you have to do evaluations more often than you have to do changes. There's one scripture that gets me, that I do my boundaries, that keep me with them. As a man, it's hard to stay within boundaries. And the wise say, because you got lists for us to do. We still haven't accomplished it yet, have we? We just bring home new projects we never finish. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Okay. Anyway, it's not about divorce. It's how God created us. Second Corinthians 5. Verses 14. This is Paul reminding the Corinthian church. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded that the one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all. And those who live, who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him, for their sake, for their sake, died and was raised. The word control there, some of y'all have compels in your your in your your translation it means restrains me whenever i forget the why everything i want to do wants to i want to please me it turns into my ministry turns into my adventure my experience and i remember one day and i was saying god it's my ministry he says um back up because When's the last time you hung on a cross? I said, aren't you supposed to show that love thing? <laughs> Not, you're carrying out my ministry, which I already taken, I already accomplished it. All you're doing is letting people know it happened. Mm, that's good. So I already did all the work on the cross. Yeah. Now, can you on your selfish self? 
present what I've, what I've already done, because you don't have to get on a cross. Well, you might be misunderstood. Big deal. You're not going to get hung on a cross. I said, yeah, you're right. I am a steward of this gospel. And what keeps me in boundaries is the love of God. And I have to do that monthly. I got to learn how to do that monthly because I'll lose what I'm doing and the why I'm doing it. Hope this is helping somebody. And I have to ask this question. And what, am I do- what, and what I am doing is a corresponding with God's why. Here's a simple thing. I'm living, I'm, I live, I love my wife. The way I'm loving her, her now or treating her now is a corresponding with Christ's love for me. And you have to, no. And it's an automatic adjustment. But it's something I have to continue doing for me. No matter about you. You start your list. You need to put Jesus at the center of the list. Love this song. Because there's a scripture that, again, took me to when I was walking around. It's in Revelations chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. This is Jesus revealing to John is a church in Ephesus. We're in the first chapter of seven letters to a church. Really, it's a prophetic letter to the church of Ephesus. And there's other churches there. But this is one of the most, most gripping letter that Jesus ever wrote because this was a good church as we read it together it says to the angel in church in Ephesus writes the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand who walks among the seven golden lampstands number two I know your works I love God your toil and your patient endurance how you cannot bear with those who are evil but have tested those who call upon them call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false you want to go to this church. This is amazing. Tell me this is amazing church. Come on, somebody. That's the church I want to join. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up with name, for your name, my namesake. And you have not grown weary. I, you know, it would have been great till you got to the word but. Because then get everything that happened before then. I have this against you. You abandoned the love that you had at first. This church was great. Did great things. Did a lot of stuff. Fed the poor. In fact, anybody who was false, who said they were apostles, they were able to discover them and kick them out. And they toiled and they worked and they served and they did all those things. But somehow in the midst of serving and toiling and doing church and being the church and not being the church, doing the church and doing the work, they were doing the what? They forgot and lost the why. Somehow, and it's easy to do. Parents, I want to encourage you. You have to remember the why you exist for your children every day. You want to know why you're here? To raise them in the admonition of the Lord. That's your first ministry. I heard someone tell me during um, we had a financial peace 
financial peace class. And one of the young families said, you know, this is hard. I said, well, stick in there because, you know, there's so much you need, you're going to get, you're gonna be, your whole family's going to become free from it. Well, you know, they told me, why I got to, um, why I got to leave them anything? My parents didn't leave me anything. And they were a leader in the church. See the attitude? You forgot your why. Not that they're men. They forgot the why. Because you do a lot of work, you see no results. How many quit? Because you forget the why. I forgot, oh, this is not my ministry. This is Jesus. And he said, you said things about seeds and soil and different soils. And only one out of four chances I talked about Jesus, someone's going to spring up. That's not a good, that is not a good percentage. Well, great, because if they had 100% percentage, you'll own it and you write a book and everyone would buy it. More than they would buy the Bible. And again, they were un- everything that purity, the doctrine, and the service was unquestioned. But in the midst of service, guys, we can lose the why. And there's a scripture in Luke, in the book of Luke, and we've read it before. When Jesus talked about the neighbor, this, this, the wise man come, you know, Jesus, what do I need to do? And the, and the guy was close. And Jesus shared this story about who your neighbor is. Come here, man. Lay down right here. Let's lay down right there. I'm not going to hit you. Don't worry about it. I know grandma hits you. But. <laughs> and you talk about the characters in the, in the, in the uh, you need to come here so everyone can see you, man, because I'm left-handed. And I'm gonna, come over this way. Talk about the characters. I didn't, I didn't, you didn't script this. That's why it's so great. Cool. You know how to do that. I'll have you do a handstand when you're done. Uh, and the characters was, one was the priest. And they said, one who's in the road, him, was beaten and left for dead by the robbers. And the priests, because they were keen on working and serving, they just said, I don't have time for you, homie. I got to go to a life group. (laughs) Then the Levite, the servant, he's the one that takes care of the whole place. He does all this stuff. The Levite, he takes care of all that. He handles all the doors. He does all the work. He does, he, man, I'm really on top, bro, because if you can't walk, you can't serve with me. And it really hit me because, you know, that's how I used to be. And like, you can't serve with me. Forget it, man. Bye. And it says a guy that no one expected, the Samaritan, the half-breed, the one everyone rejected and hated, picked him up, had time, picked him up, grabbed him, put him on his horse, put him in a place to stay, pay for it, and says, I'll be back to take care of you. See, when you lose your why, guess what, guys? On the way here, get back down. On the way from Oak Street, on the way of Treadway, you left maybe, or at your job, your workplace, there's about 100 ones laying here in front of you every day. But we're too busy to share the gospel. We're too busy to tell them, not even share the gospel, tell them what Jesus did for me. 
Well, I, I'm, I'm supposed to, you know, live it, not say it. No, you need to do both. In fact, your words should back up your actions. Because they already know what the Bible, we got the Bible in every, it's still the best-selling book in America. It really is. It never quits selling. It should be on the top 10 list every week. I don't know why they don't put it on there. But we walk by our neighbor every day. Don't have time. I got to go to church. I got to go sing, man. Sorry. Versus, let me pick him up. Come hang out with me. He might not be all that great. Might not be all that tall. Don't have the education. Not yet, but you will. <laughs> Remember this, because I'm prophesying over you. So that means when you become famous, I get first bids. Get your parents, all right? Okay. <laughs> That's my style. So they're grabbing him. And I don't even have to take them to church. Take them to your house. And then you remember where you were, which helps you remind you about the why. Jesus picked you up off the road and pulls you up out of miry clay and puts you in great places. So you remember, because that's what he told them to do. At the end of that story, verse 5, you're going to lose your influence if you don't get it right. He told them to remember, to repent, and go back to doing the first. Remember when you first got born again, how you could not wait to tell everybody? And the older we get, the less we talk. Because then we arrived. I don't have to tell you. They should know I'm a Christian. And now we have blogs to tell everybody how right we are. Amen? And they were so busy trying to be separated, they were losing their influence. Do a handstand. Show them how to do that. Show them what I taught you. Okay, show them what I taught you. Because I'm transitioning. See? That's what discipleship does for you. Okay, bro. Don't make me look bad. That's what discipleship does for you, huh? This is my man here. Say thank you. Yeah, that's why I taught him that. I have someone dance next week, teach you how to dance. Where am I at? Okay. See, I got big on my Y. I'm off the I'm off the Y. That's what drives my what. That should drive your what. If your what is about how I'm gonna please myself and get out of my mess, you're off. You're not going to get out of your mess. 2016 and 17, you'll be in the same mess because all you think about is you. One thing I learned in the military, when I won the race, I got yelled at. I thought I was, <laughs> I won. And, he, and my TI tore me up. You left 400, I mean, you left 40 other guys back there. Are you crazy? He said, the only way you're going to achieve anything is to help them achieve great things. See, greatness is helping other people. If I'm already born again, I'm already in the boat. Think about the ones who aren't. Here's the punchline. Here's the takeaway. When you know your why, your what has more impact because you're walking toward your purpose, which happens to be 
God's purpose because my job is to do his will, which I'm supernaturally. I want to live a supernatural life helping others versus a natural life trying to take care of myself. And what happens when we put our list together, we put Jesus on the list as number one. We're off. When the song says Jesus is at the center, worship team, come on up. Jesus is at the center and everything revolves around him. My decision-making process. He knows the situation you're in. Boy, he knows it. He knew when I was walking around, you have to come to the end of yourself, Rich, so you can really find out your why. And it can be tough, but I want to help. Because you never notice when you're in a mess, God sends more people around you like, I don't have time for you. I got my own thing to deal with. And he's like, you're not getting it. They're not going to go away until you turn toward them. When you know you why, you what has more impact? Because you start walking toward your purpose. One last scripture. This rocked me too. You know, when you ever get away with God and you say, God, I just want to be alone and hear from you. Sometimes you don't want to hear what he has to say. <laughs> Why don't we all stand? I want to help somebody. He says this, the power of love. He said, if I have prophetic powers and then understand all the mysteries, woo, and knowledge, the things we say, I have to look at all the time, all the doctrines and all the wills and all what's going on today and tomorrow. And I have all the faith in the world to move mountains. But if I have not love, what's those last three said? I am what? Wow. I can do all things. I can go after all what's. Go after the greatest thing that's going to happen tomorrow with the church and who's doing what in the church and not and miss the why, which has always been simple, to love God supernaturally so he helped me know people supernaturally. And put Jesus at the center of all my decision-making process is even how tough it is because he'll always put you through something that's tougher than you are or higher than you are to take us to a place we've never been. And most of the time, we don't want to go. But I don't want to be in the end with my influence taken away, doing all the what. And someone says, you're nothing. Because the people that are laying in the street bleeding out, they feel like they're nothing. Until someone comes around and says, you are somebody. You have been created by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to do great things for me. You are somebody. You do have a name. You're not a mistake. Let's pull you up out of the ashes like Jesus pulled me up. Let's give you an identity where I didn't have one before. Your name means something. Your heritage means something. Your circumstances are temporary, but my glory is forever. Woo. How many want to meet a guy like me on the street when you're having a bad time? We got to get that fire back because you get your why back when you get your fire. That's when you get your fire back.
Let's sing this song. Close your eyes. Think everything that's swirling around you right now, every problem, every circumstance that's swirling around you right now. Think about it. Put Jesus dead in the center of it.